Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. To start today's episode off, talking about the Blackhawks, who announced some breaking news last night as the John Doe, or the uh, anonymous player who was sexually assaulted by former video coach Brad Aldrich, identified himself. Uh, and it was Kyle Beach, a former first-round pick of the Blackhawks, the 11th overall pick in the 2008 NHL Draft. Um, Played only a couple years with the Hawks, mainly an AHL guy. Uh, spent some years overseas in Austria, and he's currently playing in Germany with the uh, t- uh, with the Tech Art Black Dragons uh, this season. So that's where he is currently. But he came out on TSN last night, and which is basically the ESPN of Canada, and announced that he was the mo- he was the player who was uh, sexually assaulted. Uh, so pretty scary stuff there if you watch his interview uh on tsn uh, it was pretty emotional he was very he was very emotional during it understandably um so uh that was the big news from last night uh with the announcement of kyle beach being the the one who was sexually assaulted he is suing the blackhawks so you can't expect for him to get a a good amount of money there you can't expect for him to uh to receive a a big payment from the Chicago Blackhawks after that, which he def- definitely deserves. Nobody should have to go through that. Uh, now let's move on to the Blackhawks on the ice as they were defeated by the Toronto Maple Leafs three to two in overtime. They do get a point in this one. Uh, they still are winless on the season. Uh, goals were scored in this game by Kirby Doc and Alex DeBrinket. The Hawks actually got off to a two with to a two nothing start, which was their first lead of the season. Uh, that goal thanks. To the goal from uh, Alex from uh, Kirby Doc, I mean, and the Alex DeBrinket goal, which was the second one, put them up to nothing. Unfortunately, goals from David Camp, William Nylander, John Tavares uh, would then end up giving the Maple Leafs the win. Uh, tough game from the Hawks. I thought Kevin Lankman looked pretty good tonight. Good in net. Uh, he faced 30, uh, 40 shots. He had 37 saves, so pretty nice night from him on the game. The Hawks only had 29 shots on Dan Campbell, um, or uh, Jack Campbell, I should say. Uh, so uh, not a bad game from the Hawks, unfortunately. Are, you do lose that game in overtime. I thought they came out in the first uh, first period, came came ready to play they played pretty well um second period about midway through is where they started to kind of lose it after the john Tavares backhand goal on kevin lankin is where they sort of started to lose it and then uh losing that game in overtime definitely sucked so the hawks still winless on the season uh good thing is the Arizona Coyotes are yet to win as well. So uh, right now they are competing for the uh, the worst team in the NHL right now. But obviously there was everyone's mind were on a lot bigger things last night. And that's what, something we got to talk about is obviously um, last night just felt weird to watch. Uh, it was not a sellout game last night. There were a good amount of empty seats or I'm guessing it might have been a sellout. Just there was a lot of no shows. People did not want to come and support the team after what had been announced this uh, these past couple days, uh, and obviously the game just felt sort of unimportant. Like it sort of just felt weird watching it when you knew everything was going on. There was a lot of bad stuff being announced. Um, so pretty disturbing stuff. Uh, it felt like the game just really was not important for the Hawks, and it felt like it was more important to talk about the aftermath of what's going on with Kyle Beach right now. Uh, and then we have the you know obviously the 
teams over teams records currently being overshadowed by what's going on with the entire team with basically the entire NHL at this point as you know the Florida Panthers and Winnipeg Jets are both being affected by this they could lose their general manager uh, with the Jets especially and then the Panthers could possibly lose coach Q uh, who's currently their head coach um, but obviously the team's horrible play on the ice has been sort of overshadowed recently which I think is good for the Hawks honestly uh, because you know, even though it sounds horrible, uh, it might put some. You no, know, it might take away some of that that you no know, fire Colleton talk or some of that. Uh, no, no, just start the thing over. Just people saying they need to rebuild. It might sort of throw that out the window and just uh, and just let them let people stop worrying about them as much and more worry about what's going on with Kyle Beach. Uh, so right now, it just felt like a weird game to watch. Uh, just felt like a a weird environment that time with the team going through that uh just just felt a little bit weird but the hawks will be playing their next game tomorrow night against the carolina hurricanes in carolina uh so that should be a interesting one carolina on the season is five and oh right now uh so in uh their five game plays so that should not be a fun one at all uh they're currently in second place uh, in the metropolitan division so uh right now the hawks are going to be taking on some pretty good opponents in these next couple days and then on uh on uh, halloween night they'll be taking on the st louis blues who are currently five and zero and first place in the central division so uh the hawks right now have uh have some pretty good matchups coming up here in a little bit and the Bulls tonight announced that they will be uh, naming all M- all NBA center team ambassador ambassador as it will be Joakim Noah. It will be Joakim Noah night uh, for Chicago as they take on the New York Knicks. Um, so this is going to be a good game. Obviously, two teams who are uh, playing very well right now. The Bulls. The only undefeated team still left standing in the Eastern Conference right now in the Knicks, currently in third place, coming off of a huge victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, 3-1 Knicks versus the 4-0 Bulls should be a fun one. Uh, then you obviously have Joakim Noah talking about him, a uh, player who was all heart, uh, one of the, you know, after spending nine seasons with the, uh, the Bulls being consistent excuse me, being consistently one of the best defensive players in the NBA, uh, no, but one of the better trash talkers in the NBA, just an all-heart uh, type of player. So I also spent some time with the Knicks as well. I spent two years there. Uh, so I'll also be returned for Derrick Rose and the New York Knicks, So um, who's currently on the New York Knicks right now. So uh, that should also be a fun one. Those two guys uh, spent some time together in Chicago and they were both a lot younger. So I'm very excited to look forward to, uh, to seeing Joakim Noah back in the UC, uh, especially Derek Rose as well. Uh, now the, the, uh, Cubs and White Sox announced today that two pitchers have been named into the golden glove award, uh, race, uh, for the Cubs starting pitcher Zach Davies has been named a finalist for the gold glove for the National League and then starting pitcher for the White Sox Dallas Keuchel has been named a gold glove finalist for the American League so two pitchers who had really tough seasons uh, both had pretty bloated ERAs both didn't look too good um, end up becoming becoming members of the uh, the finalists for the uh, for the gold glove so sort of a, l- a little bit funny there that two guys who could not really pitch all that well this season were 
finalists, kind of crazy, but either way, uh, the Bulls, uh, not the Bulls, the uh, Cubs and White Sox should have some luck uh, with the Gold Glove winners here, as I'm sure those two guys are going to be, uh, Dallas Keuchel, always one of the better defensive starting pitchers in the game, and Zach Davies, same thing with him, so I'm sure they'll be uh, very well considered for that uh, for that uh, spot in the Gold Glove conversation. And a question is, is the rookie for Chicago, Khalil Herbert, making David Montgomery a bit expendable here? So David Montgomery went on the IR after the game against the Detroit Lions, and uh, we didn't really know what we were going to expect out of the running back room after that. We did have Damian Williams, who is a uh, veteran running back with the Chiefs. He won a Super Bowl there. Then we had young rookie Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. Uh, was a six-round pick. No one really expected him to be doing much, but so far this season, uh, Khalil Herbert has done a outstanding job. Job, uh, through uh, through he has 58 attempts, 279 yards, one touchdown, seven receptions for 48 yards. Uh, so he's done a very good job of building this team or uh, keeping the run run game going here without David Montgomery. Montgomery had also been getting off to a very good good start, but um, he ended up being you know going down with that injury and it sort of end up really hurting him there uh, as now we don't really know where he's going to be at once he returns with the emergence of Khalil Herbert uh, so is there people there's been people saying that there's the possibility Dave Montgomery might be expendable at this point that they might not even uh, take him into a second contract which I don't really understand now obviously running backs in the NFL has sort of fallen out of favor you can find running backs everywhere besides for guys like Khalil Herbert and David Mon- not David Montgomery Derrick Henry uh, you're not really seeing a lot of running backs getting big time money or getting paid really big uh so running backs have sort of become uh the expendable player this expendable position where you can find those talents basically anywhere and they can dominate perfect example being khalil herbert right now uh six round pick nobody expecting him to do anything and he's come out and he's done a very good job he's ran all over a bucks defense which uh was expected to absolutely destroy the Bears running game and he ran all over him so uh, he's done a fantastic job this year but uh, thinking that he's going to be to be a or Dave Montgomery is going to be expendable now uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, Khalil Herbert does not have as big of a role in the passing game neither does Montgomery but still I um, feel like he's going to find a way to uh, continue to match Dave Montgomery's production continue to uh, find a role in the team's passing game, despite the fact even when Montgomery comes back. Uh, so still, I think he's going to get a lot more involved in the offense. I'm still sure Dave Montgomery is going to be back and he's going to have a big role in this team. But right now, the running back position has become expendable over the past couple of years. And with Khalil Herbert breaking out in the scene, uh, no, you got to wonder whether the Bears are going to be saying, OK, do we really want to extend Dave Montgomery when we have bigger positions of need and we still have a young kid in Khalil? Herbert who we know is going to do what he needs to do and is on a rookie contract still so um it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the season if Khalil Herbert's able to keep this up even after Dave Montgomery returns because uh, Dave Montgomery will be due for an extension at the end of this season so uh it's it's going to be a, probably a no-brainer for Montgomery to get an extension at least, maybe a, just a bridge deal of one year maybe, or uh, maybe they'll pick up an option. But uh, either way, right now, Khalil Herbert, I think it just shows how much he has done for this team and how big he has been a part of this offense. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow.